Hello, everybody, and welcome to Frankenstein's podcast, where it's all about the monster. We are a creature feature podcast about monsters and why we love them. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Praska, and with me is... Your other host, Khalid Hussain. What's up, other host? Hey, what's up, brother man? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just, like, distracted by this super fly hat you're wearing. Tell me about it. <laughs> you mean this hat that uh, my lady friend got for me from her trip to Curacao, which is how you pronounce it? Uh, I did not know yeah. that's how you pronounced it before. Uh, I always said Caracal. Uh, there an al- there's an alcohol name that too, I think, right? Yeah, which actually, now that I think about it, I've only ever heard the alcohol referred to as Curacao. So I don't know where yeah. I got Caracal. Anyways, uh, thank you for complimenting me. It's a very nice hat and I've been wearing it all day just feeling myself. Yeah, it looks good on you. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, how are you doing aside from being hatless? You don't have one on. I do not have a hat. I I am like a 50-50 hat person. Like sometimes I I have to have a really specific hair length for it to work for me. My hair's too long. It looks weird. My hair's too short. It makes my head look small. I don't know. Everyone has like strong feelings about how they look in hats. It's I'm I'm realizing like it's like it's like a really unifying thing. Yeah, it's the great unifier. Some might say. Yeah, let's let's uh let's remember that next time we're 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 mad at our neighbor. We both feel go. we both feel weird in hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but outside of hat related conversations, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I, I, I didn't commit to any non hat related combos. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Now I know. All right, whatever. Fine. <laughs> Just this once, we can we can stray from hats. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Leaving the hats behind. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I will say, uh, <laughs> if you want more non-monster-related combos that could have to do with hats and other stuff, uh, definitely other stuff. I can't, I can't promise you it's all hat-related. Honest, honestly, I'm gonna just abandon that bit entirely. Um, but yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna hear us talk about other stuff. Uh, come check out our Patreon. We have been steady chugging along, um, creating fun new extra episodes. Uh, we're calling it Franken Bits. And yeah, if you wanna if you wanna be a patron and help us out, we would be greatly appreciated. And in exchange, you will get awesome little conversational exercises that me and Joe are gonna do, where uh, we we talk about things beyond creature features and effects, and we just kind of see what 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 the mood strikes for, what it calls for, and it's it's a good time. And you should come check check it out. We have a new episode up on the Patreon, a new Franken bits call, uh, all about our favorite genre tropes, which uh, was a really fun one. Yeah. And then what's the next one we're doing? Is it the Rick and Morty one? I think so, Khalid. Yeah. That's your, so that's your thing. We're doing a Franken bits where uh, I just talk about three of my favorite Rick and Mortys and just kind of the impact that the now like five year long series. Is it longer than five years? It's yeah, it's like seven seasons in. Damn. Um, I know less than you. Yeah, but that's just it's just crazy to me that like Rick and Morty is like family guy status, like just like a old head comedy series now. And yeah. yeah, I just I just thought that as a creature feature podcast, we could just dedicate a little Franken bits to just talking about the animation world before and after Rick and Morty. Yeah, so Frendensteins can pop over and enjoy that. Yeah. Or so- Friend and Steins. <laughs> Back to that. 
back to that. Back to that. Anyways, yeah. Uh, something to look forward to if you want to uh, become a patron. It would be much appreciated. Anyways, Joe, uh, ask me what we're talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> you seem so confident there for a second. I was going to ask you what we're talking about today. And then I was like, all right, that's what Joe asks me. <laughs> so I was like, I guess I'm segueing to a segue. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of good segues today. Yeah. Uh, I do have a question for you, though, Khalid. <laughs> okay. How do uh, demons email each other? How do demons email each other? Yeah. How? Like. Yeah. <laughs> with with what tool? I know it's something corny, but like I'm trying to think. Like uh, I I don't know. You can can you just I don't know. I don't even have a guess. Through the infernal net. What? Instead of internet, infernal net. Boo. You know, like fiery and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You get it? No, you like would have had to have committed me on the spot if I guessed that. Like unprone, like that's not where anybody. I don't. I promise you, the like twenty five people listening to this did not know that that's where the joke was going. It is not an obvious joke. It's a bad pun. It's a great pun. Oh, I'm so. I've been active. I actively dug deeper <clears throat> for like less obvious puns because you're starting to catch on too much. <laughs> so, so more of these coming your way. Okay, so the solution to, to this isn't to just stop making puns, it's to make worse puns that, that no one would reasonably guess? Worse, but better. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, a, a distinction that I don't think is necessary, but we... Deeper, one might say. You know, with that, with that being said, yeah. Should I... Yeah. Should I... That's, a, that's, a, that's a segue, Khalid. What are we talking about? <laughs> Thanks for asking, Joe. Today we are talking about the 2021 Netflix television series Hellbound, and I've got a synopsis from our homeboy Google that goes a little something like this. Unearthly beings deliver condemnation, sending individuals to hell and giving rise to a religious group founded on the idea of divine justice. I almost said divine justice. Weird. All right. Anyways, that's it. That's the, that's the description. What a monster. They're creatures of the abstract that live off potential energy. It's alive! All right, Khalid. Well, thanks for thanks for reading that for us. Hell yeah. So uh, I just wanted to like give a little background into the show before we dig into some of our thoughts. I don't know if you know this at all, but the concept of this actually began with an 11 minute long animated short titled Hell, which was uh, written and drawn by the creator Yan Sang Ho, I believe. I, I'm not I'm, I'm going to say I'm not I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the names correctly. And if I am, if I'm not, I'm, I truly apologize, but I'm gonna try my best. Um, but this was in 2002 and it was expanded through the addition of a second part into uh, a 30 minute long short called Hell Two Lives. And then there was a webtoon version of the concept retitled Hellbound, p- published between 2009 and 2011. So this was like some short, like animated stuff and like a webcomic also. Um, in the original version, the original like short, um, there was an angel uh, that would deliver a prophecy for someone to go to hell and one that said that they were going to heaven. And it followed those two characters grappling with those two different like 
realities of like that they're going to die and go to those different places. So the the show is a little different from that initial concept, but the kind of idea of the prophecy and then you're going to die is is similar. So a little background, I thought that was kind of interesting. With that being said, though, uh, this was a wild ride, Khalid. What did you think? Man, I had no idea when you suggested this. I mean, did you know like anything about this show beyond like a few descriptions? Like what was what what led you towards like uh, making this one of the options? Well, uh, I'd actually seen like a trailer for it, I think back in 2021 when it came out or was coming out and just saw like a glimpse of the monsters. And like I had this on my radar with a kind of a few other K-dramas that have monsters and it just was like something kind of in the back pocket. And I was like, we should probably, you know, check some of those out. And I don't know, this one seemed interesting. It sounded like it like had some like rich themes and stuff, but I honestly had no idea like how like heavy it would get like i thought just with the concept it might be campy but it is not um no like definitely not campy (laughs) yeah so really i didn't know what to expect going into it but yeah so wow well uh great great selection ultimately uh i got to episode five before i just started like texting like friends and family to watch it um it's Super good. We ha- we each have uh, like accounts of like uh, people watching it with us, and then like they thought they would only watch a little bit, and that then they got hooked. So I think that's a testament to it. And I just want I say all that to say like we'll we're gonna get into like the the commentary the show is making and like the themes and just the really like juicy ideas that it wrestles with, but. I want to just start off by saying this is just really good TV. Um, Like, holy crap. I just, I was a fan of uh, everything that they were doing as it went through. And like, it just, to think that like of the ground they covered in like just six episodes and how deftly they like switched the tone on multiple occasions, you know, like we... Like every time you think you have a handle on what the show is going to be, it like does like a hard pivot and you're just like, oh, I like this too. As if I'm <laughs> fine with this is the show. And that's just, that really just speaks to like a degree of like confidence from like everything from the writing to the directing to the performances that just like, man, like hats off, hats off. To, oh. <laughs> to 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 the team for this one. Hellbound is a W. Easily one of my favorite shows to date. I it's such a fun watch. I am a fan, and I was at the edge of my seat with every episode. Um, what about you, Joe? What'd you think? Gotta echo everything you said. I mean, it was so well done on so many levels. Like uh, so many unexpected turns. Um, we'll get into it, but like. There's like a time jump in between in the middle of the series. So there's like like two kind of arcs that we have that are just really interesting and like very distinct in their own ways. And they're like you said, like when the show takes turns, it's like I'm still on board with this turn. Like it's different, but it's like, wow, this, they're, they're still handling the themes really well. Um, the you know, acting was great. Like the characters really cool and fleshed out. Um, but like just the concept and the themes, like it's it's intense, like again, like thinking that this coming into this thinking, this could have been like a campy thing. Like that expectation was so quickly subverted. Like it's very heavy. Like, I feel like 
I feel like I had to like sometimes like take a step back and be like, oh man, I'm like like really emotionally invested in this. Like, and like what's gonna happen to this person? Like this, they're going through the ringer, you know, and I'm like empathizing, just especially like being like a parent now, like some of the stuff with like specifically like the mother having to deal with sending her kids away because she got the prophecy. Oh my or, god. Like, <laughs> or like the as we get on well, the spoilers, of course, but like the baby element to it, like that was stressful. Like I actually had to look up whether or not the, you know, what the baby was going to happen to the baby before I continued. Dude, <clears throat> I literally like at three different occasions was just like, are we going to watch a baby get jumped? Like, get, like I, be- yeah. beaten by hulks? Yeah, like because like, yeah. it really does not seem, like there. Everybody's a baby to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They don't need to go that hard for anybody. So like it would be extra hard to watch with a baby uh yeah let's uh, let's like outline briefly just the like the two kind of arcs of the show like i think that would help just kind of give context for the conversation if people aren't listening or like i needed like some like getting to be sold on it but like so basically the the plot of it like you said in your in your uh intro is that like these angels these floating faces are giving prophecies to people saying like they are bound for hell in a certain number a certain number of days or weeks or even years at a certain time and then when that time comes up, three like hulking creatures, like black smoke creatures come and just like beat the ever living shit out of them and then like light burn them into a crisp, basically sending them to hell. However, I mean, we're not entirely certain of that, but there's a, a fanatic organization, the new truth that comes to power, um, kind of monopolizing the idea of what's going on. And they get the power through broadcasting one of these demonstrations. And that's ultimately the first arc. We we lead up to that broadcast and then the fallout of what that broadcast shows. Second arc jumps forward in four years where the new truth now suddenly has a huge stronghold over like the globe, right? Like they said, like 50% of the world. Yeah. And basically we follow some of the characters, uh, the lawyer, Min, the, the one of the main characters from the first part, her, uh, she's kind of like almost like an underground, like freedom fighter. I, I kind of I compared her to Batman a little bit, like in the second part where she was like, so cool, like a, a badass like fighter that was so cool but like she's kind of like trying to undermine the new truth by helping people who get the prophecies so they don't have to like adhere to the doctrine and they don't they don't have to die publicly and all this stuff so there's there's that and then we're kind of it's this war over like is this supernatural event this divine interpretation that the new truth has or is it something more random more like a natural disaster and that's kind of where the 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 debate comes in and it, then it comes in with this like this baby this newborn that gets the decree and they're like the new truth doesn't have original sin as a concept so they if the idea of the baby ha- getting the doctrine gets out that's bad for them and that's kind of where we're at at the end but yeah it goes to some wild places <clears throat> i mean yeah like just echoing those sentiments like just based on that description there are so many just hard pivots like i remember when we first start watching it it almost feels like it's going to be like this like pulpy detective thing and it's all about like this like beleaguered like police station that's trying to like deal with something that is like beyond their scope and then it's like almost immediately like nope we're gonna follow this cult leader guy and then it's like nope we're gonna follow this mother nope we're gonna follow this lawyer and it's like Doing that like lost thing of just like this is a big world and to really even get a sense of like the impact of this, you're going to need to see it from so many vantage points. And it it's so much better for it. Like we stay with um, the, fir- the first mother, the mother, the, like the first quote unquote innocent person to get sacrificed. What's uh, what's her name again? The character is Park Jung Jungya. Yeah. So Park Jung. Sorry. Uh, the mother. uh the fact that we get to stay with her kids 
for that whole thrilling escape. And like up until that point, they've been like relatively minor characters, but like when he's just on the plane and he realizes he's never going to see his mom again, and he's basically just responsible for his sister and starts crying. Mm -hmm. Like even with all the other amazing stuff that happened, that's still just like stuck with me. It was such haunting haunting. Cause you're just like, Oh yeah, he's crying because like at the end of the day, like these decrees, What's so good about this, like, as a device is that, like, regardless of, like, how many things are up in the air, the one thing that nobody ever doubts is, like, if you get the decree, you're fucked. It's just, Mm -hmm. like, how do you deal with the decree? And it's, like, that is so brilliant because it just, like, he's just on the plane and he's just, like, yeah, like, this is is the win. My mom is still going to get jumped by demons and blasted to hell. But like we win because we got out of there safely, and it's like our story is over for all intents and purposes. Yeah, they escape basically the fanatics who were at, who are trying to like exp- the fanatics, the new truth people were trying to like expose like whatever her sin could have been that got her the decree because they believe anyone who gets it had to have like sinned gravely. And that's the thing is like when I say it's like such a deftly made show, like I mean like they really play with your expectations where you start thinking mm-hmm. like oh well those kids are gonna play a big like role in something. Nope. That's just the last time we see them. It was just giving them like the time of day to be like, hey, um, I don't care if a giant angel head came down and said that their mom is like sentenced to hell. Like this is a very traumatizing and horrible situation and it deserves like a breath, a moment. And the show and a, a show like this is thoughtful enough and clever enough to like pull that off. Yes. Yeah. And to your point about like switching character perspectives and point of views, like I think that that was like, like you said, is ultimately like a huge strength of it because a lot of like, like monster type things that we cover on this show, even like are often like deeply personal stories or like small contained stories. Like we don't often see these like global societal ramifications of like what happens when a monster comes out or we see a monster you know like maybe like the host could be an example where that's kind of happening or like kaiju movies otherwise you know so like this kind of a story like it's so unique and interesting in that way well you and the other thing about it is and you're just that's a good point by the way uh what that made me realize is like what also makes us different is that there's usually an expert character you know what i mean like the audience and like typically like one like professor of monsterology (laughs) like cat like just conveniently like gives us the deets but like what's cool is like we're seeing multiple vantage points of people who have no idea what's happening and like they're all just doing like their best given the information they have which let's get into it okay are you, are you, okay, so are you going to go to the chair, Chairman Jung? Yeah, so... So, yeah, yeah, this guy. Like, this is... So Chairman Jung was, like, the the guy who started the new truth. He's this kind of cult leader. Really, really well acted. I feel like he's he's just, like, a standout performance, too. Like, creepy, charismatic, calm, that kind of vibe. Really well done. But I'll let you, let, let you go. What are you going to say about him? Uh, well, I mean... So Chairman Jung, that wasn't where I was going. But essentially, yeah, oh. he... He, he, his plan is insane, right? Right. So, okay, I'll, I'll get into it. But like, like, so we're talking, like, we're talking about like just yeah, the, like seeing these perspectives, right? And the idea that the the creatures, the the decrees, don't necessarily target somebody who has sinned. 
based on the doctrine that he has created is something he's known all along because he got the decree. And we're in spoiler territory here. I should have said that before. But like yeah, spoilers he, for the whole series, whole series. He got the decree like 20 years prior to this. And he spent his life trying to like piece it together what it means and what these like monster attacks mean. And he made this doctrine because he believes if instead of people believing that it's random, that if they have this like. Uh, like moral code to it, he can create a better world somehow. So he he basically drank his own Kool Aid and like creates this whole thing around it. And he but he knows it's wrong. And that's the thing is like, what's really fascinating about this show again is like it's like obviously we see this juxtaposition with um is it Min the the Batman girl lawyer yeah, yeah lawyer Min yeah. lawyer Min uh we see it with like the comparison with her mom and her can her mom's cancer diagnosis. Like that's basically what this is. It's like, it's a diagnosis and a very accurate, uh, like uh projection of when the diagnosis will kill a person, you know, like when you, yeah. when you strip it down to its bare parts. So it's like when, when those two things are just kind of like, if then very hard set points, then it's all about just like, what, what happens to this kind of person? when they get the diagnosis what happens to this person when they get the diagnosis and what happens to their loved ones when they get the diagnosis and all this stuff and it's just like oh it's it's great because like it really just boils down to like so and this this is what i wanted to break down what happens is the angel face comes out it gives you the decree says you're gonna die or whatever and then like you said like the monsters just beat the ever-loving crap out of you and disappear but the thing is what I, that I noticed, especially since it, like, you know, we're going to get into the creature effects of it all and stuff. But mm -hmm. like what I love about it is like how like almost like uniform and like just like perfunctory it is for the demons. You know what I mean? It's never like it's never personal for them. You know, the first mm -hmm. time you watch it, you're like, oh, my God, this is like brutal. But then by like the fifth time, you're like. This feels like like one of those like animations that happens at a bowling alley when you get a strike. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just feels like you're watching like a gif, but the gif is killing someone in front of you. Um, and it's like so impersonal and so uniform. Like it's right up there with just like rubber stamping or something. And it's like, I feel like even that is a commentary on like this kind of stuff only has like so much, like even bearing witness to violence like it gets gets you numb and that is like such a fascinating thing to like execute without lampshading right the great points yeah um should we get into some of the themes yes let's do it so this is just like there's no shortage of interesting themes it explores like religion, like the idea of free will is like right there, like what constitutes justice, like of course, fanaticism, rise of extremism, original, but also sin. Like an original sin, like being talked about, but also like voyeurism too, like the idea of like, do people have this right to die in private is another element of it too that comes in because like the, the new truth wants to broadcast all the deaths and all the, they call them demonstrations. Like there's so much to unpack here. Like, were there any of those themes that really stood out to you the most? I mean, I think the biggest one is the idea of like bearing witness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, um, it's really been like resonating with me and, you know, normally I wouldn't like get into all of this stuff in the podcast and apologies for surprising you with it. But like, I think that for, no, go for it. Yeah. Like given the like state of the world and what this show specifically is talking about, it would be kind of just like ignorant of me to not make the connection. But like, we are on like day 100 plus 
of uh, genocide going on in Gaza right now, right? And right. the idea is like, I personally like when I like my social media is flooded with like information and sometimes even just straight up like firsthand account videos of just atrocities going on. Like people are being like hurt. And it's like this idea of like for so long, we all just thought like if you just bear witness, like that's all you need, just trust your eyes. And now we are at this point where like there is no shortage of evidence of like cruelties being like, like enacted on this earth. And even that isn't really enough. And it really just, it it leaves you kind of cold. And like the show deals with that of like, I don't know. Cause like what's fascinating to me is like, and it's interesting that the show came out in 2021 because like, I just Mm -hmm. have like the, like the benefit of like everything that's been going on to kind of have like real perspective on it because like so much of the, the big, final like push of the series is that they think that um since a baby has now been uh decreed to be going to hell that clearly this means that nobody is like being picked actually because they're sinners and something else is going on or at the very least like it's more random than we think and the new truth is like uh, isn't really like uh the arbiter like they think they are um And so they're trying so hard. They're trying so hard to get everybody to see a baby get killed for, for lack of a better term, because like in this world, that will be enough to like open people's eyes to like how senseless it, like it's, they've been acting. And it's like, wow, watching this a hundred plus days after everything that's gone on in Gaza is like, Oh man, like that's not the third act you think it is. And it's like the one thing that doesn't really work for them and it's not even their fault, you know, but it's true, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I feel like we grew up with like all these like things of like, you know, we got to see Anne Frank's diary after the fact. And it's just like, oh man, like people back then just like got to know Anne Frank and like the Jews that were going through everything, like it would uh, just have given more perspective, maybe galvanize people, maybe stop this sooner. And it's like, we have like dozens of Anne Franks right now, just like like creating social media, learning English to appeal to us. And it's only doing so much to appeal to those in power. And it's just this like sad realization that like, oh, right. The only thing this show that is like incredibly realistic and pessimistic did wrong <laughs> was give us too much credit in thinking that seeing a baby get jumped to death would be what like turned us around. Because like, I that that's the only thing I sit now and I think and I go wow bearing witness means nothing for a lot of people and it's just like this like extra layer of like hell that we're all like subjected to yeah uh anyways I'm not even sure where I was going with all that but it's just something that's been sitting with me since I watched the final episode right no that makes sense how do I follow that Khalid god uh I don't know Joe but <laughs> get going. No, I don't know. Thank you for letting me just like spew all that out. It just, it really felt like important to say like the entire like climax of this series, you know, and we can even talk about like we, that we can pivot to like how like that's actually like they did a cool thing there where it wasn't mm-hmm. just like, thank God for the records, uh, other spoiler, the, the baby doesn't get killed. Uh mm-hmm. Everybody else who gets the decree, it's like 100% guaranteed they're going to get killed. And so you're just like, 
you kind of ev- like every character does not treat it like, oh, how do we save this baby? It's like, how do we make sure this baby didn't die for nothing? And yeah. that's how we as the audience take it at that point. Because again, like they've conditioned us to like see all of these people just like once you get the decree, there's nothing that can save you. And so in that final thrilling episode, um, the mother and father of the baby just wrap themselves around the baby and like take the beating from the demons. And then when the demons like do the light blasting, like mini nuclear blast, your soul to hell move, it kills mm-hmm. the mother and father. But because they were covering the baby, the baby survived. And for whatever reason that works and the demons accept it and the baby survives. And it's like this beautiful sentiment of like, you know, maybe nine times out of 10, the baby dies and everybody dies who tries to stop the demons. But Hey, it's worth fighting for people. It's worth fighting for your loved ones and for like humanity and the future in general. If there's even like that one in 10 chance and it's, it's a beautiful sentiment. What do you think about that? It also just like, puts out the notion that the creatures are like fallible. Like they're not the idea that they're divine and like can't make mistakes before this, like that they can, or even like they can also be harmed to some extent, which I, is a concept I was going to talk about later in the monster segment, but like they hit them with sticks and chairs, like you bullets. can make contact with them bullets even. Yeah. Like that affect, it doesn't affect them much, but it affects them in some way, you know, like that they're, you know, potentially, can be harmed. That's a, that's something we learn. They can potentially make a mistake or something in whatever their philosophy might Whenever be. Whenever they do the American remake of this, I'm sure we'll get a whole episode of like the army just like throwing everything at them. Oh God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just to see if that does anything. But it, the it, the point still stands. Like nothing hurts them. Like it's it's just they're a really good stand-in just for like a, the metaphor of like certain death. I used to think this is a random aside. I used to think like when Netflix like became like a really big streaming service, like back when it first started, like, and they started bringing all these like foreign shows to like eat much more accessible. I was like, oh, there's no way they're gonna make American remakes anymore because they're all right there. Like I just watch them right there. And the, but now it's like they still. Why do they? Why do they still do it? Um, because if you can. No, I know. I Khalid, yeah, it's rhetorical. Yeah, if, if you got a hit in one language, yeah. you're gonna do it in another language. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah, Joe, that was an easy question. Come on. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think another uh, theme we can just move on because, like, honestly, like, we're not going <laughs> to, I don't think we're going to get to the bottom of like the pessimism of humanity in this conversation. Right. And ultimately, like, we don't get an answer as yeah. to what the creatures are in this. And, like, there's going to be a season two, it sounds like. So I don't know if they're going to, like, dig into that. But, like, it's interesting. Like, we had, like, the plot is all centering around, like, who owns the truth basically, or who owns like who can tell the story, not actually what the real story is. Yeah. So that's really interesting. I do. I want to say like another piece, like I think the fanaticism element is a really big part to it. Like we have these extended sequences in the first part of this, like the skull mask guy, the, the, the glowing skull mask guy who has this like, kind of like, I don't know, like QAnon esque presence. I would almost say like, he's kind of like the QAnon shaman, like in, in image, right. You know, like that kind of thing. Really clever making him like the final, like bad guy. Right. And he comes back into it. Like that was a really cool, like way to bring that character back into it. I had no idea he was going to play into the ending at all. No. Yeah. And like when you see like the makeup or the, the mask on the shelf, like that was, I was like, Oh shit. Like that was cool. But like that, that type of character, like the idea that there's this like two segmented factions of like the new truth, which is like, oh, we're more a peaceful order and the arrowhead element, which is like, we're the like the extreme end of that, like the extreme end of the extremists, like seeing these different gradient factions of it is super interesting. Like 
All yeah. of that, I think, is just really well done. And that's an interesting element of it, yeah. Because, like, you're talking about the Arrowhead, which is, like... Mm-hmm. So they're basically just, like, an enforcer gang that kind of just becomes, like, the police. Right. And, like, literally, like, they just have full-on scenes where, like, they're pulling people over and asking them why they're in town, and then they ask if they're sinners. And so the idea with the Arrowhead is, like, they are radicalized by the angel head and think mm-hmm. that everybody who's getting this decree. And again, that's, what's so interesting is like, it's the, it's even the people that don't get decrees. Like that's, that's most of the characters, you know what I mean? Like that's who we're really seeing this through. Cause like the people who get the decrees, they're just terrified until they die usually. And mm-hmm. like some of them give you reasons for why they don't want to be known that they got a decree or why they do. But for the most part, like, it cut and dry. And then you've got like people like the uh the the new truth and the arrowhead who really work in like this interesting like the church and then like the the like I don't even know what you would call the arrowhead cuz like are they just the the state? Is that the idea? I don't think they're official cuz like in the second half when they like use the arrowhead to like find people they were like they had to like do they like we can't be seen with them. Remember that they're like a militia. The, the deacons, you know what I mean? They're like a they're like a militia that's just like they they turn a blind eye to. Basic, yeah, like that's basically what it is. It'd be like like a fundamentalist church and a militia. Yeah, yeah. and I don't mean like a Christian church or anything. I just mean like for uh one to one for us to just kind of understand like how they work. But like they're kind of a militia that's like really granted like a lot of authority in their world yeah. and like yeah at one point they straight up just get into a brawl with the police at a police station <laughs> right that was so crazy like it was such a dra- like it was so dramatic like a, such a drama show but then it was just like a brawl at the police station like action scene then yeah like the action is so well done when they do you yeah because like, like that's the thing it's- is like you get this kind of show which like for me, I compare it to like The Leftovers, where like this, like, mm. you know, um, that's the HBO show. I feel like once upon a time I did a, a recommendation of it for the What the Fandom, but yeah. um, it's essentially like, what if the Rapture or something like the Rapture actually happened? Like, how would the world react to it? And it's kind of like this, where it's just like, what if like this like supernatural thing happened, but like really the point of it is just like uh, an unexpected disaster. <laughs> And Mm -hmm. how do you deal with it? Whereas that show is so much like heady concepts and like the idea of like the metaphysical and like all these things of like, does it even matter? Like, are we asking the right questions? And even they have like a whole cult that is sprung forth from, from the event. And so like, it's very, very similar to Hellbound, except they don't have anybody doing badass ninja moves and like beating the (laughs) shit out of people for like, Oh, like extended stretches like this show. That's why like this show is like I'm so blown away is because like I even get like my like cartoonish like Batman like we uh, Saturday morning action cartoon. Yes, like, 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 when the, like the, the action is is like relatively sparse, but when it comes, it really comes yeah. like the scene. I just think of, like the scene when they're in the hallway in the new truth headquarters and like lawyer, lawyer men just like tells everyone else to stop and just pulls out her like little stick and just starts beating the crap out of people. For the so record, cool. by this point, we have seen lawyer men just get the absolute shit kicked out of her in the series. Yeah. Like she, the time jump is necessary for a lot of reasons, but one is like 
you 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 see her and like the first couple episodes like she's just like a lawyer of one of the people that got decreed and it's like this interesting element of like oh yeah i guess like what would be the legal ramifications like do you just like sign stuff over da, da, da. i guess it's kind of interesting and then this woman just proceeds to get jumped by like the arrowhead like multiple times because she goes against the church and the last time you see her you think she's dead in a ditch and yeah. then they do the time jump and it's like, oh, no, she's not dead in a ditch. She has been steadily, like, learning the blade, <laughs> for lack of a better term. She's been studying the blade. She has become, like, this amazing, formidable force. And we all find out at the same time when she proceeds to just, like, obliterate, like, what, like, 20 people? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it was like, a, if you've seen Netflix's uh, Daredevil series, like, it felt like a hallway fight scene or something in there. Like, yeah. Yeah, it did. I, I thought that too. <laughs> I, I will that say the cool. funniest part is when she beats all of those dudes and then she like runs down the alley and that one dude like tackles her to a wall and he's like holding her. You're like, oh man, I guess she lost. And then she beats him and you're like, wait, yeah, why did I think she lost? She just <laughs> took out like 20 men. All he did was <laughs> hold her against a wall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was so cool. <laughs> uh, easily like one of the like top characters in a series full of amazing characters. Oh, uh, one more point I wanted to make about the the kind of like fanaticism cult element <laughs> is I thought uh, it was very interesting. So Chairman Jung, the first the first chairman of it, and the kind of the I guess antagonist character, of the first half, like there is a distinct status quo shift in like the chairman character. So when Chairman Jung dies, the first half, we get this new guy Kim, Chairman Kim, who basically he's promised the church if he like does a, fulfills a few things, keeps his keeps Chairman Jung's secret that he he had the decree and all that, but like. Rather than being this like cool, like calculated, charismatic, like leader like Jung, Kim is kind of an idiot. Like he's a showman, um, but kind of an idiot. But it also like it really demonstrates, I think, just like how like these fanatical leaders can like get into power and stay into power, like these different methods or like these different kinds of leaders and what they can look like. But like like Kim, like he's surrounded by these deacons who kind of like help him do his job, of course, but like he just like likes to put on this grandiose image of power where like Jung was like a, this reserved, like intellectual kind of image, you know, like I just think that juxtaposition, juxtaposition between the two of them was really interesting. Well, I mean, it also just kind of goes to like this thing of like, I saw it as like a Scientology analog, at least like that was the easiest way to view it where it's like Jung is like the L Ron Hubbard of this mm. thing where it's like, you know, one's L Ron Hubbard and then the other is like the successor, Miss Cavage. But like the thing is that it still works. It's just like they're both very much like in it for like um, nefarious purposes. Yeah. And uh, they're both insane just in different ways. You know what I mean? And not in like a, I don't, I, okay, not insane because that's ableist, but like they're both just very uh, dumb and unpredictable. <laughs> And in different ways, if that, if that, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like one of them is like dumb and unpredictable and that like, okay, so you got this thing, like you were in high school one day and you got like a giant floating head that said that you're going to hell in 20 years. And so you started a cult about it. (laughs) Uh, You know, it feels like one of those, like if this, then this equals profit somehow kind of jokes. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And then you got the guy who's like, yeah, he 
like he bribed me with like a church if I if I just delete this one video. Of course I said yes. And uh <laughs> and that's like they're both like wild, like irrational, illogical things. You know what I mean? Like wh- why do you want to run this cult? Like it sounds it sounds like things are going off the rails quickly, buddy. But um oh, why did I say all that? I said all that to say, um honestly, I forget why I said it. It's okay. You're the points stand. The point, the point, the half a point stands. Yeah, it's just we're, yeah, we're just going with it. It was interesting yeah. to see the what, two. What, what did you? You started off by talking about. Uh, I was just saying the the differences between the two and like how they present themselves was interesting. Yes, and that's what I was getting at. Is L. Ron Hubbard, Miss Cabbage of it all, and yeah. it's just like this idea of like on top of all of that, you've got this idea of just like oh yeah, like as as like wild of a thing as it was to like create. Jung's idea did like work and you see how quickly like one generation later it gets kind of like spun out to be like basically just like a depressing capitalist venture for somebody and right. at the expense of the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um do you want to move into monsters here soon? Uh yeah, I just have one question for you. Yeah. Say that happens in our world. Like one day we just started seeing videos pop up of like, for lack of a better term, like an angel head pops up and it's just like, Kevin, you're going to hell in three days. And then three days later, we, we watch another video like HD, not tampered with of three demons jumping out of a portal and just beating a guy named Kevin to hell. What do you, what do you do? What do you, what do you, how do you take that? I mean, I don't know. What do you do? That's, I mean, that's like what the question of the show really is. Like, what do you do? Like, do you just keep living? I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I can't blame anybody for how they acted. Like, right. I want to think I would be like lawyer men or something and like be like skeptical yeah. and I'd want to like wait and see it. But like at the same time, it's just like, I don't know, man. Like a giant, like, head, a giant head said he was going to hell. And then I saw him get beat to death and it like exploded. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I also like there's the fear too. Like, I mean, I don't know, like you're saying in our world, like, but like the groups like the Arrowhead, like if you're somehow like noted as being a non-believer, like they come after you. Like, I don't, I don't, I'd like be, I'd almost like be like, I want to protect my family, you know? Well, yeah. And it's, uh, but it's just like, I don't know, like, <laughs> yeah, it, I they did a really good job of making it that I don't blame anybody for like reacting in any way to this you know what i mean yeah. like obviously there are certain things that are wrong to do but it's also just like that is a incredibly destabilizing thing to happen and it'll yeah fundamentally shake it to your core and i think i would like to think that like in the best of scenarios i would genuinely i'm the kind of person that likes to believe like the pope put it really well he was like and, and, and i really do hope that hell is empty you know what I mean? Like that he said something to that effect recently. And it's just like this idea of like, I am just not really like a punitive forever type of person, at least like at my core. Like, I don't ever think mm-hmm. that like the thing that's like going to make like a victim like happy is like another person punished forever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, take that for however you will. But like, I, I, I the, like it extends to like this idea of hell for me where it's just like, yeah, I don't know anybody that I know personally that I think needs to suffer forever. Like when you actually yeah. stop and think of like well, how long forever is. So it's like you hope like something like hell is empty. So it's like I would hope that that fundamental belief 
would make it like a little harder for me to like swallow that these people are getting like sent to hell just because a giant headset. So I agree. Like I, I do feel like in general, just like, I don't know, we are, we tend to be like people who would question, who like to question things too. Like, I don't think I would, I would ever be in a position where I would just like be like, Oh yeah, this like doctrine is what is right. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like there'd be fears of like stepping out of line and like being like really, you know, like, like the lawyer men character, for example, like that's scary. But like in reality, like I feel like it'd be, I, I don't, I feel like I'd almost be more like the producer guy in the second one where it's like, this is bullshit. Nah, I'd be like that cab driver at the end that gets lawyer men and the oh. baby out of there. Oh yeah. He's, just he's like, great. He's great. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, honestly, like this, uh, this is our like realm. This is our, like yeah. whatever these demons are doing. Like, they're the ones breaking the rules. Like we handle our own business here and we like get like, I like, I like that outlook of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. It's, I like it's him. really, it's, it's, it's a really beautiful sentiment of like, obviously no shade to anybody who like truly like gives their life to like a higher purpose or power or anything like that. Like I understand uh, the power of religion and, mm-hmm. but it's like when we give up everything to it to the point of like, we're not having a conversation with you. We're having a conversation with supposedly like the spokesperson for a faith now uh, that gets like really just like kind of just gets us like stuck in like unnecessary places. I feel like. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. yeah. That cab driver scene was, was really cool. I'm glad you brought that up. I kind of forgotten about that for a moment. It was so beautifully done after everything we saw. Such a great, yeah. Like, final sequence kind of thing but I, I remember thinking in the moment like i was like is this someone we know or is this like it's just kind of a and i'm glad it wasn't like it was just you know to be like a random person like that there is just it is almost like a hopeful thing like that there's other people out there with that thought yeah no you know it was it, I, yeah. I, I i did i will say i kept th- i kept thinking the detective was going to come back like he's, he's just only too. the first three yeah, yeah. like I, that was good blackmail though i guess like that whole storyline was that was probably like the weakest part of it for me it was like i just kept like going like where is this going oh okay <laughs> yeah. uh it seems like a lot of hoops to go through just to blackmail one cop about this thing that like <laughs> the whole world knows about already um yeah. but yeah i I, I I also thought he was gonna make a comeback. <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking he was gonna be like the safe house person, or I thought for a second he was the cab driver for a second. But like, I don't. Yeah, I wonder if he'll be in season two. Oh, and that's the other thing I want to talk about that last twist, which makes this just like such delicious, great TV. And I had an inkling that they would do something like this, but then they did it, and it was still it still gave me chills. Do you want to oh, yeah, describe the, it? So at the very end, like almost like a kind of almost mid credit scene kind of thing. The, the charred bodies of all of them, all of the. Is it all of them people, or just one of them? I think it was meant to be all of them. Cause there was a lot of flashes oh. are, uh, resu- res- are coming back, resurrected, coming back whole. So presumably, and I've read also in casting that chairman Jung is back too for season two, which like that's yeah. now that is a way to really throw a wrench in the thing is like, these are people who have like, you know what I mean? Like whatever the opposite of memorialized is, you know, like just like, <laughs> yes. just like incredibly <laughs> famous deaths. But like every time people were like, good riddance, fuck this guy. Yeah. And now this guy's back. <laughs> All of them are back. Yeah. All it's, of them are back. It's wild. Yeah. It's like talking shit about your boss, like drunkenly at a party after he leaves the company just to have him come back like the next day. It turns out he's staying. Like. 
<laughs> uh, he's gonna everything you said. He's gonna find out what are you gonna do. <laughs> but I am very eager to see where they go with that. I hope they like maintain the juice and like really just keep digging into the meaty questions because like they they covered a lot in six episodes. But I think we can both agree like there's a lot left they could do. Yeah, especially with again another massive status quo shift like that. They yeah. they come back and it's like damn. All the people that got beat to death don't come back. <laughs> like the ones that like the broke the arrowhead like attacked. Yeah, no, yeah, they don't they don't come back. Or like a small thing too, but like when Chairman Jung like and uh, the detective's daughter like murder that guy, they made it look like it was a it was a decree. Like that guy's not coming back. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like yeah, like that's also a thing of like there are people that like were reported as decreed deaths that won't mm-hmm. come back, and now you gotta go away. Were they murdered? It's like. There's a, I do not envy like the, the bureaucratic wing of that universe that has to deal with that paperwork. <laughs> totally. Totally. Uh, anyways, uh, Joe, that's, I think that's all I wanted to say. We, do you want a monster? Let's monster. Yeah. Um, all right. So I don't have actually a whole lot on this one. There's not like a, say, yeah. not a lot of articles <laughs> about this, but. I did find a little bit from like two VFX houses in in South Korea that worked on this. Uh, there's one from a website called Art of VFX that talks about a studio called uh, MoFAC or M O F A C that um, did uh, visual effects work. Um, there's a video and a website that the, that you could go to and find more about. Um, there's another uh, studio. Cyclo, C-Y-C-L-O, that did was responsible for um, over 200 cuts. They created the Hell Angel, mon- the Angel monster sequences. They kind of did the smoke effects around the monsters and set in- set extensions and more. Um, there, again, I don't have a like I said, I don't have a whole lot about the VFX, but there I'll, I'll link those uh, sites in the show notes so people can take a look more about those. Um, but I do have uh, I do know that it was not a pre- they're not a lot of practical. It was it was a lot. It was very digital. Um, and that's not I know, like connotation wise, a lot of people say digital and CGI is usually a, in a negative sense. But we've I think we've gone into detail of how we don't necessarily always consider that to be the case. I do think the effects were um, were really cool and really well done overall in this. Um, I think they I think they're like maybe not like top tier effects out there, but they looked good and the designs were really cool they looked um, otherworldly they looked otherworldly and this like the smoke effect is specifically on the monsters I, I do i do want to get a little bit into like the monsters like in universe so like just to outline so we have the angels which are the creatures that deliver the decrees the death sentences they manifest as giant floating face like hovering in the air uh going on about folks being bound to hell and then we have the hulking, smoky black monsters that deliver the sentence or demonstration. And they always appear in groups of three. They have many supernatural abilities, including strength, size. Uh, but they also have this ability to transform their limbs into like vine-like appendages or spears, which allow them to s- trap and skewer people. They also end their demonstrations by gathering together and combining these like light powers of some sort to burn their target to a crisp. And we learn in kind of an almost offhanded line that the remains of the people are no longer organic. They did say that like as one of the, like the forensics reports that I thought that was going to be more of a thing when they were like also investigating the other guy who chairman Jung burned. They were like, that was organic and the other ones aren't, but um, that actually didn't come back much. So like, but that's one piece of it. Um, so, and yeah, then wait, of course, what do they mean a- by that? What does non-organic mean? 
that I, it basically just means it's no longer like anything that's that was once living. So like it's like re- basically whatever they do replaces the the remains with something that's not not previously living by our standards. So that was a really interesting piece that I don't I was not really fleshed out as much as I would have liked to seen. Uh, perhaps we'll get more of that in season two, but. Yeah, that was interesting. But uh, I do think uh, like the the limb extension pieces, like especially like that scene where the one guy was in the water and they like skewer him up through the water. Like, really intense. <laughs> that, that was cool. But I, I'll have to really give it to like one effect that I thought was really cool was the Park Jung Park Jung Ja demonstration in the in the uh, end of the second beginning of the third episode where they had all those like spectators, like the powerful people with the masks watching like right there. You remember that? Um, like the oh yeah 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 stuff. yeah when when yeah. the mom dies yeah yeah when she dies and so like then when the monsters like finish and they run out like toward the spectators but they all just like di- so they always just disappear when yeah. they run away but that, <laughs> that that effect of them like disappearing right before they like hit those people like that was a really cool effect too i mean you got to give it to the monsters they're showmen you know what they I mean? are like they they do just enough differently each time that you're just like ooh, pretty even though it's mostly the same thing and it's like they you you wonder if they're getting like a cut of like the ticket sales or something at right because you're just like you guys are putting on right now yeah, they're always making it interesting. Well, I mean, it's also just like they're like the Harlem Globetrotters of kicking ass. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't really see like even like in like modern monster movies and stuff like that. Like these guys would like give Thanos a run for his buddy. You know what I mean? Like it is yeah. like calculated, efficient brutality. They don't they don't stop for any like quips or anything. Um, and it's just brutal every time. Um yeah, they don't really need to beat them up. They just do. They and then they do the three of them. Like, <laughs> three of them. One of them is like eight, nine feet tall. Like, you know, like it's like it's so much about them is just extra in a way that's like, yeah, no, that looks like that looks like what would happen to you in hell. And then do you ever notice that like it happened like twice where like where they start walking towards whoever they're they're like targeting and then like one of them pushes one of the other monsters away to get there first. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Kind of, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, the it's weird that like even with the like little bits and pieces we see of them, like I don't know, I never really like hate them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just like they just feel like they're just like doing what they're like meant to do. And well, I think like yeah, it's like well, like that's the case that like almost our our like perspective or point of view like characters like the protagonists are making like they compare it to like a natural disaster you know it's like you don't you're not often mad at like a hurricane per se more than more than its effects you know yeah um i will and i'm they're like the the only characters in the show that know what they're doing or like move with purpose like everybody else is just kind of like reacting and being a big baby like the like the arrowhead gang so man man what a good what a great show so great <laughs> kick yeah. ass uh, speaking of kicking ass Khalid speaking of uh, I don't know how you're going to answer this but <laughs> fight or flirt uh, good segue good segue thanks um, yeah so fight or flirt if this is your first time listening uh, basically uh, it's exactly like it sounds uh, would I fight with the monster in question or flirt with them um, I had, honestly hadn't, I, I was just so blown away by the show. I hadn't even considered it. Um, mm. 
Well, fighting is pointless in this, but like also like flirting is flirting is pointless. Flirting is pointless. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess I would fight them as like a way of means testing. You know what I mean? Okay. Like say that I'm like one of the lucky ones and I get like a 10 year decree, right? Okay. I would be like, that was the one thing they were missing is like, you've got the chairman or whatever who got a 20 year head start and all he could think to do was like a, like a half ass cult uh, about <laughs> it. Like I would be the guy that's like, okay, well, I, I was kind of like just feathering the winding my life up until now, but you have given me such clarity about what my life's work is, which is to create the greatest spectacle in the world, like some kind of obstacle course for these bitch ass demons to try and get through. And like, they're going to, they're going to earn this one. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to, I'm not just going to like bend over, you know, like you guys are, you guys are going to have to work for it. And so I think that that would be like, my thing is like, I would fight them, but like in that way that like, um, what was it? It was like that, that, that dark Knight comic where, uh, Batman fights Superman. And like the whole thing is like, he's just trying to like slow him down for like one fucking second. So he just like mm-hmm. uses like a whole artillery on him. Like that's basically all I would do. <laughs> it's just like, I would just like anything I have to expense, like flamethrowers, rockets, whatever. I'm just shooting it at him. Just, you know, like, I'm helping humanity because it's like, at the very least, we know for sure none of this works. And in the off chance, <laughs> the off chance that it somehow does work or like I slow him down long enough that like we start seeing weaknesses, like I'm doing a lot more for society that way by fighting them. Right. Yeah. So. So fight. Yeah. Fight, but as a way of means testing. Yeah. That's a great point. It's yeah, it is interesting. We didn't see many other people who had like really long decrees. Like we had, we saw that one person who had like a 30 second one too. Remember that? Well, the truth is, like, if you get, like, a 20-year yeah. decree or some shit like that, you're probably just going to be like, okay, well, I'm just not going to tell anybody. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, what does that even mean? Like, no one can do anything for me. And, yeah. like, if anything, I'm just giving people 20 years to try and figure out, like, why I deserve to go to hell. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see more of that kind of that stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, hopefully they do something about that. Because, like, yeah, I just feel like there'd be, like, a lot more people like lawyer men where it's, like, Actually, no, like this messed me up in a way that like, I just don't want to be like pushed around by like zealot gang members. So I'm going to learn karate yeah. and yeah. like they were just, cause that's, a, that's another thing. Like people become badasses when things like are out of their control, you know, like losing control right. doesn't always mean like you go crazy. Sometimes it means like you uncover like a degree of strength you never knew you had. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited for season two on this one. Hell yeah. I cannot wait. Good pun. Hell yeah. Hell, I'm hellbound. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> you're you're hellbound. <laughs> hell, hell yeah. Hellbound. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, yeah. A lot of cool original stuff coming out of South Korea in like the horror like world in general. So like I'm kind of excited to dig into some more stuff coming out of there. Anything else like, like had, <laughs> excuse me, anything else like this, I'm a hundred percent down. Yeah, like I, I this actually like because we did uh Bong Jun Ho's the host, like is our first episode of this podcast. And like I, I do feel like elements of that remind this reminds me of that with just like like the examination of how society is handling like a monster and poorly, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's both of these look at that in a very different, starkly different way, but it's like that core concept, and like I really like 
Uh, you don't you're not really seeing that in in some like Hollywood stuff lately. So that's cool. Yeah, uh, I also forgot to mention the HIV kind of parallel with this. Like mm. that was also another one. Like I mean, there's a lot of them that like you can kind of like ascribe a, to this whole like a stigma. Yeah. yeah, but it's like the idea of like when you don't know what some like why something is happening. Like there are going to be people that like try to moralize it. <laughs> And yes. say that like it's happening to a person because they did this or that. And HIV was like a big one for us as a community that we had to get yeah. over of like, no, this is just a disease and this is how you like can actually do anything about it. Yeah. That's a great point too. Yeah. Yeah. Should we uh, head on to the final segment? Let's do it. All right. For those of you who might be new, our final segment of the show is our um, What the Fandom segment in which we share one or two things that we are just currently into at the moment that may or may not have anything to do with monsters or even the show, movie, book, what have you in question. So uh, to start off this week, Khalid, What the Fandom with you? Thanks for asking, Joe. My What the Fandom this week is going to be the new Kid Cudi album, Insano. Um, You know, I... People our generation, our age range, pretty much like from like high school on, grew up with Cuddy. And yeah. he is just kind of like a musical fixture for us. He's done a really good job like creating like a niche or a pocket for himself in like the hip hop pop uh, sphere. And I, I'll be honest, like I haven't like been staying like consistent on the Cuddy outputs. Like I've heard of the Stray song here or there, Kidsy Ghosts a few years ago. I might have recommended yep. that. Um, but Insano, man, like I just, me, me and the lady, we threw it on one day when we were just, uh, creating our vision boards. And I, I tell you, it was a great ride and I'm just, I'm loving how like fun and experimental he's still being while still saying like true to like what his fans like about him as a performer and musician. So yeah, just simple recommendation check out insano uh freshy specifically is a song i'm really liking but i like a lot of it um and yeah just do yourself a favor it's a great listen and cool yeah and joe <clears throat> what the fandom with you oh thanks for sh- thanks for asking khalid um I, i'll be honest i was a little bit in the boat that you were in last week last episode with this one where i was kind of like what have i been doing these past two weeks <laughs> like other, other than watching Hellbound. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I will say that I did just read like this really short uh, two volume uh, manga called Mythical Beast Investigator. It's only it's it's very short. It's two volumes. So like I think like 10 to 12 chapters within that whole thing. Um, it's by uh, uh, Koichiro uh, Hoshi- Hoshino. Um, really cool, like very like low key sort of story that's just really pleasant. It's about this year, a girl who... Uh, is a mythical beast investigator in this like kind of fantasy realm. And she goes around and like just helps. Um, she's writing a book on like mythical beasts in this world and like helps deal with problems that be between uh, humans and mythical beasts that clash and like trying to solve the problem in the most peaceful way. And she has this like companion who's this like Lord of the darkness, but is that what manifests as this like gentlemanly rabbit? Um, sure. That's really fun. Yeah, it's very fun. And so like, it's just, it's a, it's it's a it's a cozy kind of read, even though there's like heavy themes and like kind of like some action moments and some battles and stuff. But like it's really just like co- traversing these lands, talking about strange creatures and kind of philosophizing on how creatures and humans can get along. Basically, it was just really pleasant. It was a nice little read, really easy, really quick. Um, picked it up from a half price books like a year or two ago when I finally just read it because I needed something kind of low key to have on the on the nightstand before bed but uh yeah i enjoyed it mythical beast investigator check it out 
Awesome. Great recommendation, Joe. Thanks. Um, well, yeah. Thank you again for recommending recommending such an awesome show, Joe. Uh, really, just like I, I, I'm kind of just getting to the point where like a lot of TV and stuff like that just feels like an iteration of something else I've seen before. But like that's yeah, it's still just like such a pleasant surprise when you get something that just like really just is riveting from beginning to end like that. So this right. is this is definitely a, a great addition to my TV lexicon at this point. Um, and yeah, thank you all for listening to another episode of Frankenstein's podcast until next time. Creep it easy. Creep it easy.